Tuesday morning, well, it is Hanukkah, day two of Hanukkah, and one of the things that we announced uh, last week is that during Hanukkah, we're going to uh, take this opportunity during this wonderful Chag uh, to pay tribute to the um, Kedem Royal Wine Corporation. Two reasons. Number one, because they recently announced that they are uh, celebrating their 70th year, which is pretty amazing. 70 years of Royal Wine Kedem, founded uh, back in 1948. So that's one great reason. The second reason is because we desperately wanted Yochi Herzog of Kedem to be here for this occasion. And the only week that we know that he is definitely not traveling is Hanukkah week. And therefore we say happy Hanukkah and a freilchen Hanukkah to Yochi Herzog and welcome to JM in the AM. A freilchen Hanukkah to all your listeners and to Klal Yisrael, a freilchen Hanukkah from the amazing Lower East Side of New York City. <laughs> And I'm right that this is the one week you don't travel, right? It's rare. Yeah, it's, no, rare. it's not the only week, but right. Baruch Hashem. It's rare you travel during Hanukkah. Baruch Hashem, there's Hanukkah, so you got to stay home for the children. And the reason you're so nostalgic for the Lower East Side is, number one, the, after all, no matter where you go on this globe that has a historic Jewish community, you get very into it, whether it's Europe, Israel, here, you always love visiting uh, you know, classic Jewish communities. But in addition to that, uh, there was, and many people remember, on Norfolk Street. It was Norfolk Street, right? Sure. Norfolk um, was one of the later ones. It started on Rivington Street. Rivington was what? Was it a retail store? Was it a warehouse? What was it? On, Actually, on... the first Kedem uh, winery was on 75 Kenmare Street. Right? Oh, of... we know Kenmare. Delancey Street. <laughs> no, Ken- Kenmare is Delancey, The extension right? of Delancey, Correct. right? That's where my Zayd Oliver Shalom, the Bjorn Herzog, he arrived in 1948. That's where he joined the Royal Wine Corporation, the first <clears throat> Kedem. We always drive by there. We honk the horn. There's nothing there. That's where it all started. 75 Kenmare Street on the Lower East Side. And that's because your grandfather became part of that Royal Wine Corporation? Yes. How did, how did it work? He was part number eight. There was a lot of other. There was Birnbaum. There was Englander. Lip, Lipschitz was later. A bunch of partners. And he joined as a, as a, as a greener, right. as they called him, from Slovakia. Came over to this country. Didn't speak the language. With six children. Lost his parents in the Holocaust was very determined to continue because he was, as you know, this, I'm the eighth generation. He was the sixth generation in the wine business and determined to stay in the wine business. So he joined the Royal Wine Corporation. And to make a very long story short, <clears throat> within 10 years, he bought out all of his partners and he brought his children into the business. My uh, father and, and Shmuley and Uncle Shia, etc., etc. But it all started on 75 Kenmare Street. <clears throat> then they were on the... I forget another place. Then they were in Rivington Street, right. then Norfolk Street, then Long Island City, then the Bronx, then Brooklyn, like many, like uh, Jakob sure. Avin, all the Gullison, <laughs> and then finally, as you know, in the last 18 years in Bayonne, New Jersey. Right, but the but the wines were always made in upstate New York in that era? Like, what was going on in no. the 40s and 50s? In those days, they were produced here. Literally. There were vats, I don't know if you call it, in Norfolk Street. Right. I still remember, uh, not yeah, that long yeah. ago. On the bottom and the basement, the cellar. Correct. They called it the keller. The cellar. There were little press machines. It was a much smaller company. Right. There were small machines and presses and tanks and the bottling lines, everything on a much smaller scale. So they just got grape, grape deliveries over there. Grape deliveries in the middle of the night. The trucks came in and delivered the goods. And the, the entire winery was here. It's only later that they, uh, I think, in the 60s, that they started in Milton, New York, right. the, the, the winery. And then now it's in Marlboro, New York, where you've, you've been to already. Sure. 
And uh, that's then, quite a facility. Yeah, and then we also have the winery in California, of right. course, the Herzog Winery. But it all started in the lower, very nostalgic. And I, I dove in Chakrov today, the Bialystok Shul. I haven't been here in years. <laughs> Beautiful to see Mignonim. And to see. It's like a shtetl. It's like I went back to the old shtetl, to Davin and the Gabai. Same Gabai, same cute announcement. Welcome, everybody. And it was nostalgic. Yochi Herzog's here. We're talking about the 70 years of Kedem. So I'm just curious. I know we have a lot to talk about regarding the last few years. But, but early on... Mm. You, see, I was always under the impression that your grandfather came here and founded a company. Now you've straightened out. Now I understand exactly what happened. He became a partner, a partner. in Royal. There was a there was already a winery, and he uh, joined. He was one of the partners who joined. Right. And he was a smart man and determined man. And after years, they realized that this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. He, he, he would produce the wine in the morning go out in the afternoon to write the orders and he had a he had a driver's license for a special truck and he would deliver it at night himself i have a picture somewhere at home of his driver's license for a special you know, need a special license to commercial drive a license truck. i guess yeah. <clears throat> commercial license and he would deliver the goods and he just so he was you know, literally the delivery guy he was in charge delivery, of the winery in charge of sales he delivery, was the delivery guy. delivery production <laughs> and and a lot of tefillah i don't know if you remember him but people who remember him they used to call him Mamish, the, the businessman, the tzaddik. He would daven a typical Shemana Esrei with tears, just crying to Hashem, talking to Hashem, and, and davening and davening and davening. Well, who was the older man in Norfolk Street? Well, my Zayde was there until a few months before he passed away. Which and was Mr. When? Rosenberg. My grandfather passed away 25 years ago. So I remember him. Yes. I remember him there, of yes, course. Yes, and my late grandmother, Leo Shalom, wow. they would cross the bridge. I used to drive them many times. They lived in Williamsburg. Right. They would cross the bridge, or they would take the bus. But if if I was around, I would take him in the car, and uh, and bring him. In his later years, he was you know semi-retired for right. many many years. He learned most of the day, but he still came in every day for a few hours. I looked at the books, and he had all the mshalachim. I have mshalachim coming to my house. It's 25 years since he passed away. And they'll tell me that I have to give him a big check because my zayde, the bioyner herzog, all of a shalom. They gave him a check every year, and it was so nice to him, and a bottle of wine. So he, the last 10 years of his life, he was probably giving away more tzedakahs than anything. Unbelievable. People used to line up on the Lower East Side. Unbelievable. What would he say about the company today, I wonder? I wonder what he would say if he would see the way uh, you guys have built an unbelievable operation, an incredible company at this point. I, I hope he would be happy with everything we do. I hope so. I'm sure he would shut nachas because, as my father always says, <coughs> excuse me, not only in the Kiddush Hayayin business, but in the Kiddush Hashem business. Right. So as we expand, as we grow to more countries, more brands, we should always continue making a Kiddush Hashem wherever we are. Amen. Uh, those of you who have a computer or your phone or your tablet or your laptop, go to it now. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. And the reason that we're encouraging you to go to the uh, uh, Facebook Live broadcast this moment is because Yochi Herzog is not only here to celebrate 70 years, he's here to share with us some real nostalgia, some real memories with some of the items that he has brought into our studio this morning as we reminisce about the last 70 years of the Kedem uh, Corporation and the Royal Wine. And uh, so therefore we suggest you go to facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network and I'm sure plenty of people are going to comment about bottles and, and artifacts that they remember because you, you showed me one so far only, which we're going to put up in a second. You showed me one, and the first reaction I had was, wow, am I old. I remember that bottle on my table, as I'm sure many people out there will as well. I went to my <clears throat> cellar, and I went to the office. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. 
rumor we have some of these old collectibles, and I found some amazing stuff, which I know you <laughs> and your listeners are going to listen. The first one I have here to show you, yeah. it's called the two-eared bottle. In Yiddish, people are calling me the zwei-euden, <laughs> the two-eared <laughs> bottle. It's an old, old Kerem bottle, which was produced in the lower on the Lower East Side, actually. I'm going to ask you, you to hold it up see. to that camera just so people can see the label. Uh, here, put it on this side so people can see that label. There you go. And this says Kedem on top. It does say in big, bold letters, Kushal of Pesach. You wanted to make sure people sure do does, that. Sure it does. And I'm sure a lot of people, if you don't recognize it, then you're, if you don't recognize it, then you're 30 or younger. <laughs> Correct. 35 or 40. <clears throat> this bottle is probably 45 to 50 years old. And it says Royal Sacramental, California, and it's a port wine. And did, ever, I mean, I remember, I, I, we didn't have port on our table, but we had that bottle. Did this bottle... Uh, did, did all the wines come in this all, bottle? All of the Kedem sweet wines. This Every is the, Kedem sweet wine. It's called the half gallon bottles. And they're they heavy, all... heavy glass bottles, eight to a case. I remember as a Bocher, Ben Azman, I'm going to the factory to help out a little bit. It was schlepping, schlepping the cases and the, no elevators and delivering it all over New York City. They were heavy. But this huh? was the bottle. This Unbelievable. Was the bottle. So, and, and you would think that that bottle stopped being produced around when? When, when was that battle retired? I would say probably 25, 25 to 30 years ago. And is it a big deal when a bottle like that's retired? Is it like a big deal in your company when you make a switch from glass to plastic or you make a switch from a certain size to another size? Are there a lot of old timers who give you who give you beef over that? <laughs> not really, not really, because you, know, you want to change with the time. Like, look at grape juice, yeah? Right. Until a few years ago, it was all glass, glass grape juice. Sure. Today, it's much more plastic grape juice, you know, the 64-ounce, the 96-ounce. Right. We just switched even the baby juice, right. the Purim size, which was in glass for many, many years. We just switched to an 8-ounce cute plastic bottle. And Yeah, there's always people who say, I want the old, I want the old. But they get used to it. It's, it's all it's also supply and demand. It's easier to get plastic, easier to handle. Sure. The molds go away and come. So you want to, you know, part of your marketing, Tim, is you want to change the labels, change marketing change the packaging that's and the retailers especially do. those who put it on the shelves are very happy when it's plastic. they love plastic yeah i they can imagine plastic. and there are those you've told us in the past there are those who insist that there still be glass on their shabbos table there are those who feel that you know what on a shabbos table i need to have glass not plastic they'll make sure to buy the glass bottle very much so yeah. and that's why we we have the 1.5 liter right non-mavushal grape juice in glass right it's more shabbos dig it's more yantav dig and I understand where the people yeah, come of from, course. so we do have that. All right, which but one I, is this? I found a bottle which will really, really blow you away for many reasons. My grandfather, Olavashon, was such a forward thinker, even though he was an immigrant and came to the country, he knew right away he had to grow his empire. So producing New York State wines is one area. Right. He went to California a few years after he was here to look for producing good kosher California wines. Now at that time, Which nobody had done. Nobody had done. And at that time... There was, you know, Muscatel and Port Sweet type wines that were produced in California. And that's what we produced in California right on from the early years that he came into this country. Another area where he looked at was Israel. Right. And was producing many wines. He decided let him import some Israeli wine. So what I found yesterday <laughs> was really blew me away. Eretz, look at this bottle, Nachum. Eretz Israel Holy Land. Elias Kedem. Israel Sir Turn bottled in Israel wine. He made a joint venture with the Elias Winery, which is, <laughs> I guess, many, many years. This is at least 60 years old. As you could see, Royal Wine Corporation, New York, New York, which is the Lower East Side. Right. But in the back, and this, the Heksher, 
is of two prominent rabbonim. And they are? One of them is the chief rabbi of Israel, Yitzchak Isaac Halevi Herzog. Wow. No relationship to us. Right, ironically. And the other one is the Tzvi Pesach Frank, <gasps> the rav of the Badatz, Eidach Redes. Sure. So you have the chief rabbi. And and the Tzvi Pesach Frank. Kosher le Pesach Afla Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin. Right on the label. Unbelievable. I Maybe mean, we should put up the auction. You, you can know. say that again. People might, there are people who would want that bottle. Look, and that's a sealed bottle, by the look way. At the, yes, it's a sealed bottle. Some of the wine the wine evaporated after the years. But it's it's amazing. It's show amazing on, to see. Show on Facebook the label. There it is. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network. That's the bottle he refers to over 60 years old, um, produced by his grandfather. In uh, Israel, together in with Israel, Elias. with the Elias Winery, and brought here to the USA. I wonder if that was a really because you've told me that you know importing and exporting wine is not a simple thing. It is wine after all, and the government's always you know watching very carefully. Uh, was that a difficult process for him? In to... those days, very difficult. You know, just the communication. Yeah, there was no emails, no telexes, no faxes. Yeah, I guess there were telegrams. To and he didn't travel to Israel too often those days. But he found the winery and and. Just the fact that he somebody. got it done is amazing. And interestingly enough, 60 years later, Elias is today is the Binyamina winery. Wow. The name was Elias, then switched Elias Binyamina. So we import, until today, Binyamina wines. The famous Binyamina cave comes from the Elias Binyamina winery. I should show it to them also, but it's pretty, pretty amazing. Unbelievable. All right, celebrating 70 years of royal wine Kedem with some incredible classic bottles here at JM&AM. Tune us in at Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. You can see this entire presentation. There's more, Yochi Herzog. That is... It didn't stop in Israel. It went to France and Italy. Right. As you know, so this is one of the first kosher French wines. My Uncle David, or, or beloved, you know, Shmuley, Shmuel David is his name, Herzog. When he joined the company, he knew that it, you know, wine is made in France and all over the world. And with my grandfather's encouragement, he went to France. This is 1980. So this is uh, 38, 38 years old. 38 years ago. <clears throat> and we were the first to import a kosher French wine. And this is, this is mind-boggling for younger people listening, that there was no such thing 40 years ago in this country of having a kosher French wine. Now, exactly. now you have wine from not just France, but every country you can imagine. Countries. We produce wine now in 13 countries, and we export wine, Baruch Hashem, to 31 countries. Amazing. So this is one this of the first a- bottles of dry red wine, Bordeaux, from the Bordeaux region, produced, I assume, in, in, a, in a joint effort with some winery In Bordeaux, there. yes. Right. In Bordeaux, my uncle traveled over there. And, uh, and as you see, it's interesting enough, it was a Kedem selection. Right. Because it was all about Kedem, Kedem, Kedem. Then right. marketing came along. We had Baron Herzog and Bartanura and Herzog Imports, different brands, different labels. But it's, it's interestingly enough, Nachum, again, talk about nostalgia. I was in Paris last week. We have an office there. We produce a lot of wine in France. And I davened in the old shul called Rue Pave. And the rabbi there, Rabbi Rottenberg, is the son of the Rabbi Rottenberg who gave the Heksha here. It says Schlitte, but he's no longer alive. <laughs> So in this shul, I davened, and his son is still in the wine business, producing kosher wine. Unbelievable. Uh, that's also a sealed bottle. Uh, yes, sure is. How would it taste if we opened it up? Uh, not too good. <laughs> not too good. It's time not, has passed. Huh? Not too good, but it's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. It certainly is. It's amazing. So there you go. Facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network. Check out all these vintage classic bottles that Yochi Herzog has brought in as we celebrate 70 years. And there's more as he reaches into his bag of tricks. Now, this is pretty amazing. This I found in my house. As you know, 
we launched the Herzog Winery in 1985. Right. And we decided to do produce some real quality California wine, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, and Merlot. Right. Or as the old timers would say, dry wine. Dry I'm wine. only used to sweet wine. What's dry wine? Well, we sell a lot of sweet wine, sell a lot of dry wine. So this is the first bottling. And again, talk about marketing. Today it's called simply Herzog. Right. Baron Herzog. Well, the first name, we want it to be very fancy and very European. So the name of the brand, as you can see, is Domain Baron Jacquab, the Herzog Special Reserve Cabernet, Sonoma County. This is the first release. Unbelievable. Handwritten note, 1985, was produced in a city called Asti, California. Didn't even have our own winery yet in Oxnard, as you know we have today. Right. So this is the first kosher California bottling that we produced in California. And when you would go ahead and do that in 1985, because it's wine, wouldn't you? I mean, it's a lot different than just you know making a food product kosher and sending it a mashkiach, right? I mean, a wine, very much so. Well, very, I tell people, you know, people don't realize. The work, you know, you want to make kosher potato chips, I'll give them the food business right. also, obviously. Kosher cookies, kosher potato chips. Mashgiach goes in, kashers, checks the ingredients. You need one mashgiach. Producing wine, the guy can't touch. So right. you need anywhere between three to ten mashgiachim per winery during the harvest. Including the that run, including, including that early run. Well, in those days, it was made in a non-kosher winery. Right. We kosher. Today, we have our own winery right. in Oxnard, California. But I'm saying that but when that bottle was made, you needed a staff. You needed a staff, a big staff. And usually, these wineries are in remote areas. Bordeaux, France, right. or 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 uh, Spain, <laughs> yeah, we, Rioja, we, Spain. We know where Bartonura is. <laughs> oh, but you've been to Bartonura. <laughs> it's far. There's no Chabad house there. Correct. I mean, the, the, the Mashgichim <laughs> come from Chabad, from Milan, right. Italy, and, and Paris. But uh, Bartonura, which is a huge brand, during the harvest, we have 30 to 40 Mashgichim slash workers working. We take over the entire winery because we don't play games when it comes to Heksher and Moikin Kosher wine. Has to be done, you know. No touching, no no touching the machines, no handling, no bottling. Everything is done by Shemesh Shabbos from Yidden. So when this product was made in 1985, an entire staff was there to oversee it and to work there, not just oversee it, but to actually work on the entire process. Sure was, sure was, and sure is amazing. Uh, celebrating 70 years. That's the uh, the fourth classic bottle that you brought out. Any others in there? Wow, I can't believe this. Couldn't slept so many, but I have. Yeah, slept so many. You slept a whole bunch. Here's another one. Oh, oh, this is going to like. 158 Ludlow Street. <laughs> we could probably go there now. <laughs> one fifth, so this is one of the, one of the you know. It, it says, oh, you said before Rivington. That's right. where it was. It was on Ludlow. It says the Torah that you didn't went Membase Masois. Right. 42 Masois. You're almost there. <laughs> my Zayd Oliver Shalom, you know, surviving the Holocaust and coming over to this country. It took him many, many. My father, Zayn always says, there were years and years in the beginning of Kedem, they barely had bread in the house to eat. They were struggling. They were struggling because he worked so hard. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of kosher wineries in those days on the Lower East Side. He, he wasn't the first. There was there was Ganellus Langer. There was Lipschitz. There was Birnbaum. There's a bunch of other wineries, and he was the newcomer. He was one of the Manischewitz, Shapiro's, and he was the newcomer. And Baruch Hashem, after many many years, he surpassed all of them. But it was difficult the first few years. Very difficult. And so this is one of the first again. I think, very, I think that's very important for people to hear. It's very important for people to hear. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. My father tells the story. I forget exactly what it was. When he started working in the family business, my father, I think, started working in 1955 or 56. And he told me at that time his paycheck, I think, don't quote me, Dad, if you're listening, was either 35 or $40 a week. 
just enough. He moved from Williamsburg to Borough Park. And Borough Park is a little more expensive than yeah. just enough to cover his rent. That's that's how they struggle. He had five, four boys in the business. My four, my father and three uncles. One that passed away, Uncle right. Yankel, Ernest Oliver Shalom. Who they and, say and was a wine genius. Yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. brilliant. His children are now in the business. Right. As you know, Michi and Eli. Sure. And uh, they struggled and struggled. They worked very hard, didn't give up until the Baruch Hashem succeeded and built a, a beautiful company. It takes a while, huh? That sure does. Sure even does. every even every new venture you take on now takes a while to to, to make inroads. Well, the first thing you need to have to and everything you do, and you need the right muscle and the right people. With Hashem's help, it, it works. Amazing. Uh, okay, that bottle. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So it's Lud- Lud- Ludlow Street. Yeah. So, But look at this. Talk about creativity. 50, 60 years ago, California Muscatel wine. Right. The wine is made in California, trucked over by, by uh, tankers to Ludlow Street and bottled over here. Because you didn't have a bottling plant there, and for, for, I assume for cashering reasons right. also. So he went there, made the wine, brought it over here, bottled a few blocks away from where we are sitting right now. Pretty amazing. 158 Ludlow Street, New York, New York. Bonded winery number 600. We still have that number. Which is that's, all the government regulations. The government regulations, right. right. So this is an Also, another, by the way, I know there was color on the other ones, but this looks like it was. Uh, there was a little thought put into the design. Yeah, of this, this was already, <laughs> the, the marketing people got involved. They added color, right. and they called it red label. Right. And this was fancy, they, right? they like the reserve. Right. Like the reserve, but amazing. Show what, that to the camera over like, there. <laughs> amazing how creative they were. In those days, my uncles and, and my Zaydol. Right. They knew that the uh, consumer wanted uh, something wanted different. That, that step stood up. Out. Right. I mean, look at the difference between yeah. these two. This is blue. This is a blue label and a red label. So we went fancy right. from the blue label <laughs> to the red label. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I dare ask. There's more in there, huh? No, no, that's I it. Slept so many, five bottles. Pretty amazing. My weight limit. Uh, those of <laughs> those of you who are who are listening, you have a chance to go to facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network. It'll give you an opportunity to see all the bottles that are in front of Yochi right now. Some of the classics from the last seventy years, and they are pretty remarkable. The uh, the Oxnard Winery actually opened up in what year? The ribbon cutting was when? Nine, uh, I want to say nineteen ninety one, I think, or ninety two. I might be off by a few years. Was it that sh- soon after you started the 1985 production of wine in California? You had your own place or already? Maybe, maybe I'm making a mistake. It's probably 1995. 95, 1995, so about 10 years after that. And um, it, has it changed a lot? Has it grown? Have you had to add to it a lot over the last 20 years? Like, has it been a... Yeah. Well, you know, the, at the Oxnard Winery, you know, we produced the Herzog right. label there, the Jeunesse label, right. the Weinstock label. And Baruch Hashem, the brand continues to grow, always new labels, new marketing, you know, Mati, there's two Matis, as you know, Mati in New York, Mati LA, right. and some Mati, or, or is, as he's known as Morty in New York, is always coming up with new ideas and different blends and different things from a marketing standpoint. And Mati LA, who lives in Los Angeles, my cousin Mati Herzog does a great job out there, and he's always, you know, reinventing different wine, different single varietals, single vineyards, etc., etc. always looking for different high-end wine, some uh, single estates and special reserves, etc. And you said before that you're exporting to 31 countries at this point? Yes. So your salespeople need to know what people in those countries gravitate toward. They need to know what, they, what well, they're enjoying. Well, you know Jay Booksbaum, right? Sure, we know him the right. famous Jay Booksbaum. Exactly. And so Jay, one of his responsibilities, besides being director of education, travels to South America regularly. And in South America... 
we have Argentina, Mexico, Panama, and they're not all the same. Even though they're Spanish, one guy likes semi-dry, one guy wants dry, one guy wants Kedem, one guy wants uh, Baron Herzog, one guy needs Bartonura. So yes, we're we're doing it long enough that we know in Moscow, for example, I was in Russia a few years ago. There we sell a lot of the Kedem sweet wines and Bartonura because they love the blue bottle. And lately they're buying the Herzog Reserve wines. Hmm. So every country has its nuances and its... Uh, Israel, for example, as you know. Right. You, we're exporting to Israel, Baruch Hashem, Bartonura, Baron Herzog, Kedem. And, and as much as... It's very interesting. As much as the dry wine or the real wine, as people call it, you know, Cab, Chard, Merlot, etc., there's still a big demand and a big market for sweet wines. Good old Kedem, Concord grape, and the low-alcohol wines. Because even the Cabernet drinker, they can't always make Kiddush unless a Cabernet Sauvignon Friday night. So they'll make Kiddush on a sweet wine, and then after the fish, they'll crack the Chardonnay or the Cabernet or Merlot or French, etc., etc. So there's still those are traditional, but for the wife and the children, they can't always drink a dry wine. So there's still a big number, Baruch Hashem, of uh, people wanting to drink sweet wines or, or not so sweet, you know, less sugar like the cream red and the matuk soft, you know, low alcohol, less sugar, etc. Concord call. Concord call, um, exactly. <laughs> is the Israeli market a tough one to break into? I don't mean the, the, the actual exporting to Israel and the government regulations and all that. I mean the consumer. Is it tough to break into the consumer market in Israel, or they're as the yes. same as any other country? Yes and no, because you have a lot of Anglo-speaking. Uh, ah, right. So, you, so you have a base. They have right. A lot of Americans are always looking, you know, I need to get my Kedem grape juice, I need to get my Herzog wine, I need my late harvest, right. one of your favorite wines, sure. etc. So there is a, a core base. But Boch Hashem, over the years, we've noticed that even the Israelis, uh, if you do tastings with them and show it to them, it's it's a it's a very competitive market. There's only three, four big chains there, so it's very competitive. There's also many, many, many local Israeli wineries. So you know, I'm a newcomer, so you know, right. who needs you here? But Baruch Hashem, we're we're successful there too. I want to get back to Israel in a second, but before that, we were in Atlanta last week. Is it is it is it very different when a state allows you to sell wine in a supermarket? Is it very different for you, or it's not that different? Not really. No? Not really, because most states today, people don't realize, you, know, you live in New York, right. you have a separate liquor store and separate grocery store. You go into Florida or California or Chicago. It's all available in the supermarket? It's, it's all available in the supermarket. So we, 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 we know how to deal with the supermarkets to sell wine and in private uh, liquor stores to sell wine. And back to Israel for a second. In these 70 years, or, or certainly the last 20 or 30 years, uh, somebody else could have made this decision to associate with Israeli wines and Israeli companies and bring them into the U.S. And you know how important it is for us, especially around any holiday, including Hanukkah, to encourage people to drink Israeli wine. But at some point, someone in your company said, you know, there's an entire market in Israel and, you know, no one really who knows what they're doing is importing these wines to the U.S. At some point, that had to have been discussed in your company. It's interestingly because we've always been importing Israeli wine. Always, as you see from my grandfather. From those early from, bottles. So we always did, we, we had Montfort Israeli wine, which then became Barkan. And we had Carmel. We used to import Carmel way, way, way back, and then they went on their own. Um, uh, then we joined forces again. Right. But it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a two-pronged success story. We always kept up with Israel. We love Israel, and we're always dealing with Israeli wine. But in the last 20 years, the quality of Israeli wines has gone unbelievable. I mean, you have 
the big wineries, Carmel, Barkan, Binyamina, Tavor, that are producing amazing wine. They have all these boutiques. There's 200 boutique wineries today in Israel. Right. We don't have enough space to import all of them, and many of them are not equipped for exporting. But you have the boutiques like Sagot, Shiloh, Alexander, Castel, that are producing amazing wines, which Baruch Hashem will able to penetrate the non-traditional kosher market, even the Goisha market. We are working now with a bunch of supermarkets and wine chains that have separate and big sections. Box, and big box stores. And big Costco, etc. Right. They have separate sections in their stores. They have Israel, not kosher. So they have a kosher wine section, which we supply them with. They have a separate section called the Israeli wine section. So it's, it's a combination of realizing the amazing quality of Israeli wines coming over here and being a leader, we decided we're going to be a leader in that area also. So Bokhashem, we're the largest importer. We represent 29 Israeli wineries, the four big ones and 25 other boutiques. And we're always bringing in another two, three. We launched three new Israeli brands just in the last year. Uh, you might not have seen them. Jezreel, small little winery up, up north, uh, Vitkin, is another winery, and the third one skips my mind, Gush Etzion. Oh, from the Gush. He was in my office yesterday, Schrager Rosenberg. We launched the brand it's 10 good months wine. ago. It's a good nice one. wine. Yeah. It comes from the Gush, so a lot right. of people you know, relate to that. Sure. Uh, and and, and every, every Israeli brand is doing well by us, Baruch Hashem. Uh, do you have a boutique winery knocking on your door every day? <laughs> I mean, not every day. Who takes those calls in your office? Because you, you could do that all day long. Take uh, you know, we, we people have a, begging you to, to import you to import yes, their brand. Yes, and we do turn away some. You know, we we are not going to take a brand just because right. we're importers. We, we take a brand if we think we could sell it, if we think we can grow the brand, and if we think uh, the price is right. And uh, some of the boutiques are so small that they think that they're the wow, the next best Castel or, or Psagot or Flam. And their price And their price the, is right there, but they don't have the, the, the repertoire, the image, et cetera, yet. So, so when we tell them very, very honestly and very openly, we don't think America will do well with your brand. You can go somewhere else, no problem, be my guest. But, uh, but we're, we're very open, very transparent with them, and we're always looking to grow the portfolio. Se uh, celebrating 70 years with Yochi Herzog, Kedem Royal Wine Corporation. At some point, and I'm always curious about these transitions, at some point, uh, again, someone in your office said, it's time to expand beyond wine and grape juice and get into the food business. And to you know put a lot, and there are a lot of, of kosher food brands under your roof at this point. Hashem. A lot of different brands. And as you know, we've totally separated because it it gotten so big, right. the food and the wine. So it's two completely so different corporations. totally separate. You know, it's called Keiko, or Kedem Foods. And in that umbrella, we have the Kedem brand, of course, Kedem Grape Juice. And Geffen is one of the brands, and Glicks, and Shibor Lim. And then again, just like the wines, you represent many brands from Israel. We are also representing many brands from Israel, like Elite and Unilever, Matzot Yehuda, Bagel Bagel, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Because right. we, we realized the opportunity of, uh, also the power, Baruch Hashem, we have is the distribution, which is key today. You can have the best brand if you don't have the right manpower. And Baruch Hashem, we have some great people working for us, really a great team. You'll see at the Hanukkah party on Thursday, which we do every year. Thank you for the invitation. The Hanukkah party at the, at the wine division, the one in the food division also. But as the quality has gone up and the demand has gone up and there's the internet and people see and people travel, so they're looking for brands from Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So we represent many, many brands in the food division also from Israel. All right, finally, we got to talk about the grape juice. I mean, this is, I mean, your grandfather was a winemaker. 
Sure was. Was he making grape juice in the old country as well? No. Or, right. No, no. That so, was his invention I mean, here. It, I was thinking about this this morning. If you're wondering what I'm doing at 5 a.m., <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning. At, with all the discussions we've had, and we know each other, uh, you know, 30 years, and I have to thank you for, everyone knows it, it's obvious that you and your company are one of the main supporters of all the work that we do, and you're 70 years old, we're 35 years old, so we're like your baby brother, so to speak, so we value this relationship, as you can imagine, and, and you know we do, but I was thinking this morning that the the the, the thing, the item that really uh, separated you from everybody else is the grape juice. I mean, it's got to be such a large part of the, now I guess you would say the food department, right, the food umbrella of Keiko, but obviously under the name Kedem. Um, and why would a winemaker, why would a winemaker who's here in the U.S. and is now partnering, as you described earlier, with a team of great partners in this Royal Wine Corporation, at some point, I guess, decided to introduce a grape juice into the market? How, how would he even think that this would be? It's an amazing story. He he was getting a lot of, you know, in the olden days, like we said, it was all sweet wine. Right. Muscatel, Concord Grape, Port, and drink four cups of Dalit Kosos of, of uh, strong 12% alcoholic wine, people would meet my Zaidi in the shul, <laughs> I have such a headache, I can't drink the wine, I can't drink wine, it's too heavy, what can I mix it with, how much water can I put in? It was just, he, it was common sense, he said, one minute, and there was non-kosher grape juice, he said, one second, let me produce kosher grape juice. And it was a very difficult process to do. My father once showed me pictures of the old tanks, because you need special tanks, because grapes naturally ferment. So you put them, you say they, start, they become wine a few days right after the, right. the crushing. So you have to stop the fermentation. There's cold fermentation, many different methods. It's, uh, we don't have too much time to go into all the details. But to make a good quality grape juice, it takes, in a way, funny as this may sound, it might be more difficult than producing wine because you have to keep it from fermenting. You fr we have chillers, we have freezers, we have, you go through a lot of filters. And and he, in 1958, actually, he produced the first grape juice. There was no kosher grape juice in America before 1958. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. He was the first, and it was an instant success. And obviously, he went to discuss it. The Taylor Morov right. was our Rav That was many, a key years. to get somebody to declare that you could use that this. That you used right. to call Kaiser Feinstein. My Zaid used to go to a lot of the old Lubavitcher Rebbe. He always, my Zaid was very close to all Rabbanim, Hasidish, Litvish, Misnagdish. It was amazing. He was, we're, you know, we're Ashkenaz, we're... Oberland, I don't know right. if you know the expression, Oberland, right. that we come from. And uh, until today, my father, my uncles, myself, we go everywhere. We go to the Agura Convention, and we go to Satmar, and we go to the uh, Torah Mesorah Convention, and the OU Convention. We're close to every Orthodox rabbi who wants to listen to us, and we and we support many of them. So at some point, was it a, was it a I don't know, a... A, a, a very serious discussion about whether it could be used for Kiddush, or or did it make sense to to the rabbis that that they could give a hashkach or yeah. give their approval that this would be able to be used for Kiddush? There's gemaras, there's gemaras that talk that about discuss it. So they had to talk about on. you know tirosh and stuff like that. Toises, yain megitoy. There's the gemara that talks about fresh juice, which obviously means right. it's not alcohol yet. Right. But they, based on that, they, they, everybody, every rough said no problem at all. I mean, it's from a grape after it. all. 100% grape juice, right. and uh, and the rest is history, as they right. say. Baruch Hashem, it took off. Today we have you know, the grape juice, and we have the sparkling grape right. juices, which is perfect for Hanukkah. And a whole bunch of the different... For the children, and, a, and a different flavors. Right. But Baruch Hashem, it's a very big item in the Jewish community, and in the Havland, the non-Jewish community also. 
Unbelievable. And we know, of course, the success of Bartonura and other brands in the secular community. Yeah. I walked into a BJ's Wholesale Club recently. I saw a massive, uh, <laughs> a massive picture of a Bartonura wine bottle outside of it. You know, like it was the size of a billboard. And then on the other side, there was another one. It may have been Kedem Grape Juice. I don't remember. But there was another item of yours that was uh, that was being sold at a general location like that. So Yeah, no, Bartonura Moscato is a very big brand, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, and I noticed a lot of others that are under your umbrella are coming out with Moscatos. A lot of, and some of them are different. They're yes, yes. Different the, levels the Moscato of category is a growing category because it's sweet. It reminds you of home, but it's not, you know, really, it's not a heavily sweet one. Like right. a Concord grape, it's, a, it's easy to drink. Even a Cabernet drinker is not always in the mood of drinking Cabernet. He'll enjoy, you know, nice, refreshed, chilled, uh, especially in the summer, uh, Moscato, Moscato di Asti. And um, I did notice that there, I, I had a different one this past Shabbos of the Moscatos, and I noticed it's just not as sweet as the Bartonur. There's different levels and different, you know. Yes. You also tastes. have, I don't know if you noticed, a new Moscato rosé. Right. The beautiful black yeah, bottle nice. champagne. Yeah, nice. Looks like a champagne it's bottle. A, yeah, it's, it's a year old, and Baruch Hashem doing That's a good well. Hanukkah item. Perfect for Hanukkah yeah. with the latkes. Oh, my gosh. Perfect oh. hit for Hanukkah. What have you been pairing with uh, Sufganiyot? Anything uh, Anything you want to recommend? Believe or? it or not, I haven't had one yet. Not one Sufganiyot? I had a latke so far. By the time you get, to, had a latke by the time so you get to the big celebration in Bayonne on Thursday, you have to have at least one Sufganiyot, you know? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to be Yitz's eye. The one from Israel. Oh, You like those, Something huh? about the Sufganiyot in Israel. They do it so much they better. Don't, they don't make them here. Somehow. And that's why you haven't. The whole Yerushalayim smells from Sufganiyot. Correct. Where are you going? And that's why you haven't had any yet. Because you remember, you, once Could you've be. had Yerushalayim, forget Could it. Be. No, oh. Nobody's having any here. Real deal. Once they've tasted the ones in Israel. Uh, well, what can I say? It's 70 years, everybody, and they're celebrating, and they have reason to celebrate. An incredible story, an amazing company, and everybody out there is, uh, every time now you buy a bottle of uh, of any of it, of Kedem, Barrett Herzog, any of the food items under all the different names, uh, you know that you are um, a purchasing from a family that knows the business and knows the business very well. And uh, we say Mazal Tov on 70 years. What did I say? Shivim is... Uh, I forgot what Shivim is. What is the mission? Shivim Lezikna? Maybe. Lezikna. I don't remember. Either one, we wish you both. <laughs> and we wish you continued success. And we say a big thank you to you for uh, all you do for us here. And we still haven't made it out to, to Oxnard. It's one of our goals to get out there one time and uh, and participate in the, uh, you know, in seeing what goes on at, at what must be the most amazing facility. You have to come out there. You have to. And the restaurant. Yeah, what's the restaurant? Tierra Sur is rated. Another forward-thinking move. He's rated as one of the best kosher restaurants in America and maybe in the world. Whose Just idea amazing. was that? My that... uncle. My uncle. You know, many wineries have oh, little, they do that? little tasting rooms, right. little you know, snacky food, light food, deli, Correct. stuff like that. But we decided, you know, let's go all out and do it all right. And it's, it's a big hit, you know, strictly kosher. It's a, again, another Kiddush Hashem. You have more non-Jews than Jews eating in the strictly kosher restaurant in Oxnard, California and coming back. There are people who claim it's the best kosher restaurant in the world. Yes, many people. And it's had that reputation from the time it started, which is a while ago, as we said. So that's pretty amazing that it's able to maintain that kind of reputation. It's a lot of hard work. I it's can only hard imagine. work, and the chef puts it all in. Those of you watching on Facebook, Yochi Herzog has brought in these incredible bottles, a lot of classics, uh, brings back a lot of memories of, uh, <laughs> of a time long ago when the uh, Kedem Wine Corporation... Royal wine was uh, was much younger than it is now. Now the uh, the unbelievable influence it has in the world of kosher wine and kosher food is unbelievable. We wish you a Freilich and Hanukkah. We wish you another happy 70. 
Admea the Esterman Beyond. Amen, amen, amen. Thank the, you the, very much. The younger generation gets it. The younger generation of your co- corporation understands the history of all this and how important it is. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, they do. You know, my son is in the business, then, and then other three second cousins. So we're on Gen Four, Baruch Hashem, in America, and everybody gets along. Baruch Hashem, and I want to thank you, Nachum, and all your listeners Pleasure. for drinking Kedem and Kedem products for the last seventy years and. Everybody should have a Freil Chanukah, and thanks for everything. Unbelievable. Thank you very much. And a Freil Chanukah, and what your grandfather is uh, would be thinking if he saw this on the Lower East Side of Manhattan at the moment, celebrating 70 years of this corporation, it would just be amazing. I'll oh, tell you. Just where it started, everybody, as we said earlier, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and here we are sitting blocks away from the original winery on Kenmare Street. That's the original one, Kenmare Street, an extension of Delancey Street, for those of you familiar with the neighborhood. Uh, and uh, 70 years later, the uh, international Kedem Royal Wine Corporation is uh, to be admired by all in the world of kosher food and beyond. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments of the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Of course, that video will be available forever, thank God. And my thanks to Yochi Herzog during this Hanukkah week, which is one of those very rare weeks when he's not traveling. We knew we'd be able to secure him and get him in studio to talk about the last 70 years of Kedem. And when you buy their products, now you can have a better appreciation for the history and the incredible efforts made by a lot of people and sacrifice made by a lot of people over the last seven decades. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Hanukkah. Freilich and Hanukkah tomorrow. We're back with plenty more. 